0: It's Friday night and this is Three Valleys Radio. And it's time for the Bresbeth Racing Show. We've got all our usual contributors. Including Jamie Snowden, Rod Millman, Colin Brown Dave Wilson Nick Schofield and we've got more of our exclusive interview with Alan Brazil so get your pens and papers ready and let's hope we can give you a few tips for the next weekend's racing Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of The Racing Show. This is A.D. Hopper here, and we're going to start, as we usually do,
1: with all the racing news from Mike Patton. Hello, and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of The Racing News, with all the news that is the news across the racing media. That includes racing television, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. Welcome. Let's have this week's first story. Aidan O'Brien believes Coolmore's efforts to match the best names with their most talented horses might have just clicked spectacularly, as he waxed lyrical about new Chesham Stakes favourite Alfred Munnins. Bred in the purple as a half-brother to record-breaking Oaks heroine Snowfall, the Dubawi colt, out-of-a-sister-to-art winner found was extremely impressive when making a successful debut at Leopardstown on Friday night. Now assembling one of his strongest Royal Ascot two-year-old squads for some time, O'Brien is looking forward to targeting the Chesham Stakes with the runaway winner, priced between evens and 6-4 to four as market leader. Alfred Munnings, who the excited colt is named after, is widely considered one of Britain's finest painters of horses and a leading Impressionist artist of the 20th century. From day one he's always looked different, said O'Brien. From everything he's done, he's just been doing half-speeds. Everyone who has ridden him has always thought the world of him. He's very natural. We didn't really intend to start him this early, but he was just doing everything so easily that we kind of had to start him. We couldn't be happier with him. He's got a great mind and pedigree. He has loads of speed and seven furlongs was easy for him at Leopardstown. And on the background to Alfred Munin's name, O'Brien explained. They always rated him very highly in Cornwall, and Sue Magnier has been watching him from a long way back for this name. He's by Dubawi and a half-brother to Snowfall. It's all that brilliant pedigree. Sue begins to juggle around the names as the foals and the yearlings are being rated, watching them every week to see if they're still going the right way. That's why the good horses usually end up with the good names. It's a bit of a juggling act. It's not an easy thing to do, to let the right name fall on the right horse at the right time. He has a great name. Friday's four-and-a-half-length demolition job continued what has been an outstanding start to the season for O'Brien's team of two-year-olds, having won with seven of the 11 juveniles sent out so far in Ireland. Bertash's brother, the Antarctic, was left unchanged as five to one favourite for the Norfolk Stakes after making it two from two at Nas on Sunday, while Group three Colmore stud Irish EBF Philly Sprint Stakes scorer Meditate was cut to three to one favorite from eight for the Albany Stakes after winning on the same card. O'Brien was out of luck with last season's Kipgo 1000 guineas winner, Mother Earth, when finishing down the field in seventh behind Ba'id in the Al Shikab Lockinch stakes on Saturday. A rematch is not on the cards at Royal Ascot, as the Ballydoyle team aimed towards the Group 2 Duke of Cambridge stakes on day two of the Royal meeting. O'Brien said she loves a little bit of cover in a strongly run race. The way things worked out, it was never going to really suit her. She's a different filly when she gets cover, but she'd had her run and will come on for it. And next up, here on the racing news. The best miler since Frankel. That was the view of ITV racing pundit Kevin Blake and plenty more observers on social media, after Baid thrashed his opposition in the Lockinch Stakes. After going undefeated through 2021, the four-year-old returned in scintillating style at Newbury on Saturday, never looking in trouble, as he swept to a -a three-and-a-quarter-length victory over Real World. Blake was one of many onlookers to be blown away by the performance, and he said, That instant acceleration is rare at this level. He's really rattled home. He's making good horses look pedestrian, and that's what champions do. That's what we're dealing with here. I almost regretted saying he could be the best miler since Frankel, but I think he is. I really do. With the promise of what he can do over ten furlongs. All seven of my victories have come over a mile, but a step-up in trip for the Dunemont International, which is run over a mile and two and a half furlongs at York in August, was suggested by jockey Jim Crowley and trainer William Haggas as a possible target for later in the year. And on the prospect of Maid stepping up in trip, as Frankel did when winning the Juddmonte in 2012, Blake added, They're very different horses, because Frankel was so exuberant, he was always on the edge, and there was always an element of anxiety when he did eventually go up in trip, whereas this horse is so much more straightforward in many ways. He continued, There wasn't much pace on there, but he relaxed beautifully. And when you look at his full brother Huckam, who stays all of a mile and six, he has the pedigree to go at least ten furlongs, and he certainly has the character. And next up here on the Racing News. Frankie Tory will ride Pisbadil in next month's Kazoo Derby. Alan Cooper, racing manager to owners in the Narcos family, has told the Racing Post. Pisbadil, a general 10-to-1 shot for next month's Classic on June 4th, has been ridden by Gavin Ryan on his first three starts, but connections have moved early to secure the services of two-time derby winner Tory. Cooper said, Pisbadil will be ridden by Frankie Tory in the derby, and we're all looking forward to June the 4th. Trained by Donatra O'Brien, Pisbadil was last seen winning the Ballysac Stakes at Leopardstown last month. The legendary 51-year-old Jockey Dettori won his first derby unauthorised in 2007 and doubled his tally with Golden Horn eight years later. He plans to have a sit on his derby mount in the coming weeks before the pair team up in completion for the first time at Epsom. Speaking after Cooper revealed the booking, Dottori said, I got the call, and he's a very exciting horse. He comes into the derby with a good profile, and he's a lovely ride to have. He continued, I've known the Nyarkos family for a long time, and I was pleased to get the call. I'm looking forward to sitting on him, maybe sometime next week, and then it's on to Epsom. O'Brien, who started training in January 2020 after quitting the saddle age 21, but has yet to have a runner at Epsom, teamed up twice with Tory in Britain last season, when Unconquerable finished third in the Royal Lodge Stakes and was narrowly denied by a head in second at the Zetland Stakes. Tory is no stranger to riding for the Nyokos family in the Derby, having partnered Circus Maximus to finish sixth in the race in 2009. He rode John Leaper last year for Ed Dunlop, finishing ninth. The Sir Michael Stout train, Desert Crown, heads the Antipose market for the Derby as a general two to one favourite, following his impressive win in last week's Dante Stakes at York, with the Aidan O'Brien train, trial winners, Stone Age, and changing of the guard next in the betting, ahead of Pisma Deal. And next, here on the Racing News. Lockinge winning riders Mick Kinane and Philip Robinson have heaped praise on William Hagar's Baid after he maintained his flawless record with a tremendous victory in the race on Saturday. The Sea the Stars colt was imperious under Jim Crowley when rushing off a field of Group winners to stroll to a three and a quarter length success, his seventh in seven runs. The triumph was enough to inspire tentative comparisons with the great Frankel, who won the Lockinge in 2012 on his way to an undefeated career that saw him head to stud as one of the greatest flat horses of all time. One such comparison was made by former jockey Philip Robinson, whose Lockinge victory aboard Rakhti in 2005 still remains one of the fastest ever seen. He's the best horse I've seen since Frankel pure and simple, he said Abahid. I thought he is a very good horse for some time, and he was seriously impressive. I've been impressed with him before, in all of his previous runs, and it's there to be seen now. How much he can do from here is anybody's guess. He's a lovely, lovely horse all round, and he must be a pleasure to be involved with. I think only one comes along that's as good as this about every ten years.' Mick Kinane steered Hawkwind to a Lockinch victory considered by many to be one of the most impressive ever witnessed, and the riding great is looking forward to seeing baid tested both at Royal Ascot and potentially over a longer trip in the future. He said, he looks a very exciting horse going forward. If he keeps on improving, then he's going to be very hard to beat through the year, and you have to look forward to him running in the Queen and at Ascot, he said. We know what can happen with horses at any given time, and nothing is for certain, but you would imagine he will be peaking at Ascot, and it will be very exciting to watch. These great milers are always exciting to ride. They are explosive and always have a great turn of pace, and it's the best fun you'll have on any horse if you get a good miler. Of the prospect of Bayeed following in the footsteps of Frankel and stepping up to ten furlongs, he added, I would say a mile and a quarter later in the year would be well within his scope. He has pace and power, and it would be a bonus if he was to step up later in the year. If a horse can win a race like the Judemont International, it's a mile two and a hundred yards. They have to get an extended mile and a quarter to do that, you know. He looks like he'll be a very valuable stallion prospect, so it's very exciting for connections. And finally, on this week's racing news. Tim Easterby's star sprinter Winter Power is due to start her season in the Group 2 Temple Stakes at Haydock on Saturday. The King Power-owned filly was three times a winner at York last season, taking the West Dow and City Wall Stakes, both listed races, before landing the Group 1 Nunthop in August. Beaten runs in the Carrars Flying Five and Paris-Longchamp-Prix de la Bailly followed, after which the daughter of Bungle in the jungle embarked on a winter away from the track that is due to end when she lines up at Haydock. It's to be said... She is great form at home, she's really doing well She's entered in the Temple and that's where she'll run, all being well Winter Power was one of 14 horses left in the Temple Stakes at Monday's Confirmation Stage With Carl Burke giving Last Crusader the option of turning out quickly after winning at York last week Henry Candy looked set to saddle Twilight Calls, who impressed on his reappearance at Newmarket, but could finish only fifth on his return to the Rowley Mile for the Palace House Stakes next time. Chris Richardson, Managing Director for Owners Cheveley Park, said, He came out of that race, Palace House, very well. Things didn't quite go our way. All the pace was on the far side, and we slightly got carried left in the final stages of the race, and he was never able to get in the mix. We'll stick with the plan and have a go at Haydock. I don't know what rain they've had up there, but the quicker the ground, the better for him. Other contenders include Palace House Stakes winner Carr Dem, whose trainer Charlie Hills won back-to-back renewals of this race with the brilliant Batash in both 2018 and 2019, and the Queen's King's Lynn from Andrew Balding's Yard. This has been the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media. That includes Racing TV, The Racing Post, and The Sporting Life. Join us again next time. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing
0: media, including The Racing Post, Racing TV, and The Sporting Life. And now... Let's find out where we can go racing this weekend. Well, we start with seven races on the flat at Goodwood with a 110 start. Seven races on the flat at Haydock with a 125 start, Seven races on the flat at York with a 140 start. Seven races on the flat at Musselboro up in Scotland for a 153 start. Two races on the flat at the Curra with a 245 start, seven races on the jumps at Stratford for the 5.30 start and seven races on the flat on the all-weather I think uh, maybe not, start again seven races on the flat at Lingfield with a 5.10 start and Sunday, there are seven races at Nottingham with a one o'clock start on the flat eight races at the Curra on the flat at one seven races over the jumps at Fakenham one fifty. And seven races on the flat at York with a three thirty start. And also some racing in Pimlico in the US of A. I'm sure you can remember we had a chat with Alan Brazil last week on the show, and today we've got another little section from his interview. And this time Alan talks to us about his annual pilgrimage to, of course, the Cheltenham Festival. But moving on to Cheltenham, you you, you know, you're a regular at Cheltenham, I know. Um I've been a few times, but what what's the what's the best Cheltenham you've ever been to?
2: I think one of the one of the best. It's very difficult because, you know, I've I've been very lucky betting wise when I go to Cheltenham, mm. which is not easy to do. But Couto no. uh, Star was, you know, I, I, yeah. I did very well at Couto Star. But I was there when um, I had a horse with John Joe O'Neill as well. And uh, when John Joe, you know, when it was a uh, history, when the mayor Peter Sullivan, the mayor's getting up, Don Run. But I had back Wavered Lad uh-huh. twice. Yeah. And that horse led over the last twice and just could not get up the last 50 yards of that hill. Mm. And I was on it 12 to 1. And, you know, and, and I I almost cried when he got <laughs> nabbed on the line by John Joe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I've got to know John Joe and Jackie's wife very, very well now. And I spend a day on the Monday before Cheltenham up at Jack Dawes, which was fantastic. Yeah. But I tell you what, talking about current uh times and great times at, at the last the, the last festival just gone jp mcmanus was up at jack does because he's the owner right and he winked at me we were doing a radio from there so i do radio from jack does monday and then from the coral box tuesday wednesday thursday friday yeah and he, w- he winked at me and he said um you back your horse tomorrow I went, my horse he went yeah i think it just about go close could win and he winked and walked out, and he's a, a man of very few words. Mm. So I looked, and it, it could only mean one horse. It was called Brazil. Right. And the, and the Fred Winter. So anyway, cut a long story short. I tell the listeners the story. Then I tell that Ray Parler, ex-Arsenal Invincible, and I were doing corporate entertainment. Yeah. And I told all the people... In the in, in in the boxes, it was like there's probably I don't know 150 people there. Yeah, and yeah. we're all back Brazil, and of course it got up to win by a short head. Ah, oh, the place! It <laughs> took me two and a half hours to get out of there, honestly. <laughs> and I give two other winners. I give three horses on the day Constitution Hill, who bolted up, who will win the champion yeah. next year. Well, I could have given it. And that the other one, one was a uh, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, and there's this local horse from here in Suffolk, yeah. Edwardson Oh yeah, I, they really fancy him, and I give them so I give them three winners. So I was a hero,
0: yeah. And yeah. and that
2: was the Tuesday cricket. It was a long week after that. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: because you know I'm I'm in Somerset, and we've got an awful lot. Um, we've got Harry Fry down here. We've got uh, Anthony Honeyball. We have got Colin Tizzard, uh, Katie Willock. Yes. They're all within a spitting distance of where I live. So, um, yeah, you know we're, we're we're quite quite fortunate in in contact wise. It's, it's it's good and. Um, you know, we we Colin Tizard, for example, has, has been has been great. He's always coming on the show for us, and now it's, it's oh, well, Joe. Well, Joe's, Joe's
2: a nice guy. I know yeah, Joe very well. He's a lovely
0: yeah, guy. Yeah, no Joe's, as you know, is he's, he's taken over sort of thing. So uh, yeah, um, it's all good, really. But uh, we're having a we're having a. Um, a celebrity cricket match in July, uh, trainers huh. versus jockeys for the Injured Jockeys Fund. So uh, okay, if you feel like a, a wayward trip down <laughs> to Somerset, you'd let me know, okay?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, the, the Coral Boys are probably there, Dave Stevens and Simon Clare, because they sponsor the Tizar Jar. Yeah, and yeah. Then, I know I know. Steve likes to drink. Simon likes to play cricket, so they'll probably turning oh, wow, out right somewhere then. down there. I'm I'm just yeah. worried
0: about getting enough jockeys. That's the trouble because trainers ah. are easy enough to contact and get down, but jockeys are not quite so yeah. easy.
2: But well, uh, that's where Mickey Fitz comes, it comes in again. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's right. But I mean, it, it, you know, and Colin. I mean, Colin has got so many contacts; it's unbelievable. Really, it makes yeah it makes life so much more. You know, doing a radio program when you can get decent people on, you know, I mean they don't. Yeah, wanna, no, absolutely. They don't want to listen to me waffling on. They want to listen to people like yourself, which <laughs> is which is <laughs> which is why you're on. You know, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but no, it's been very. So I mean, you you'll carry on going to Cheltenham now, won't you? And it, it, that's going to be a yearly occurrence for you, is it? I take it
2: without without a doubt. You know, I, if I'm being dead honest, the flats more my game, but. Cheltenham is very, very special. Yeah, um, you know, was, there's nothing like it. I've, be, I've done entry, which I enjoyed. I've done Ascot over jumps. In fact, I've been jumping quite a lot. But um, it's just a buzz. It's unique, Cheltenham. The yeah. atmosphere, the punters you meet, the songs, the Guinness. Yeah. Although I don't drink beer anymore, you know, I had a little problem in my heart and I had a little minor operation. Well, it wasn't so minor, but I'm fine now. Yeah. So I tend to just uh, have the odd glass of wine now and again now. We've got a lot in
0: common because I've had a stent put in my heart as well. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that. I would what they call an ablation where they blast it and get oh, the right. rhythm back to normal. Yeah, yeah. But I was in St. Uh, Bartholomew's Hospital in London and they were brilliant. They looked after me. Fabulous. Yeah, no, they're good. So,
0: um, what was I going to say? Um, what about Royal Ascot? Do you do, do you do that? I'm there.
2: I'm there. Uh, I, I don't broadcast on the Monday from Royal Ascot. Um, so I have the Monday off and then it starts of course Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday I've been doing all four days from the Coral Box you know they're our main sponsor along with Arnold Clark Yeah. Um, so, and that is beautiful the box is superb we get some great punters coming in and of course the racing every day is very very special it really is and where does that so go out that, that, then that's, Alan? That's a, uh, that, that'll go out live 6am till 10 and then um, what from, from, from their website 15, or something Thursday, is June, it? Uh, no, no, that go out live. Well, go out live well, on, on Talk Talk Sport. Sport. Oh yes, yes. All oh, right, okay. yeah. So go live on Talk Sport. Yeah. Uh, the breakfast show, six am to ten, and then they'll do commentaries as well from Royal Ascot live. Yeah,
0: yeah. They yeah. make a big thing of it. All right. Oh well, I should listen to that for sure then.
2: That's for sure. Yeah. But, Rupert uh, Bell, brother of Michael Bell, will be the commentator. But yeah. we, we, you know, we'll have Harry Red that people of like that on. Yeah. We'll have you know one oh. or two trainers, owners, jockeys, that's yeah. brilliant.
0: Yeah, that's what I try to do with my racing show. We've had Harry on 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 the racing show as well. But again, Colin Brown, he's he's, he's the conduit, he's yeah. the man in the middle that makes it all happen. Which is which yeah, is great. We love really.
2: it as well Harry loves his race, and don't worry about that. Yeah. Any chance he'll be there.
0: Yeah, no, well, I hope so. Anyway, we, you know, the more money we can make, the better it will be, sort of thing. That's the point. Yeah. But, um,
2: yeah. look,
0: Alan, you've been absolutely wonderful, mate. You know, nearly 40 minutes of, of absolute quality. So thank you ever so much for that. I really do appreciate it. Well, you're very
2: welcome. It. And if any of your listeners do listen to talks what well, I really appreciate it. I promise you, I do. I really enjoy doing it. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, no, no, Well, we, we love having you and obviously, you know, an X-Man United legend, that's that's even better from my point of view, so um, <laughs> thank you very much for that sir, you are an absolute star and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll talk again, you know, who knows in the distant future anyway Right, well that was the great Alan Brazil and a uh, really, really nice guy too, uh, apart from the fact he played for United of course, which is a, a plus point straight away Right, well, moving on, we're going to listen now to the new boss of the Tizard Racing Empire up at Melbourne Port, and that is, of course, Joe Tizard. And he spoke to me today about what it's like taking over from his dad. Right, well, I've got Joe Tizard with me. Joe, first of all, how's life at the sharp end?
3: <laughs> it's not... <laughs> it hasn't changed too much, to be honest. You know, I've been... You know, Dad's not gone anywhere. He's still about here, and, um, and I've been doing most of it for the last sort of year anyway so so that hasn't that hasn't really changed too much but um but it is is different seeing my name on the in the paper and in my name on the race card and then ultimately it's my responsibility now
0: yeah yeah and i mean i don't know how long's this new season we going now is it three weeks two weeks and um, how many how many winners have
3: you we had so five five winners so far so you've hit the ground running which oh, was that's, that's good isn't it yeah it was planned a bit as well but we just uh, no, no, you, you need a bit of luck but like we had a few to run in those first couple of weeks and um it's been perfect you know, it's, you know i've hit the ground running we've had a good time there's a couple that got away as well a couple looked like they were going to win it um one fell at the last and and that so so we've had a nice little start to the season and um I just puts anybody's you know it's like if if it had gone a six weeks without having a winner just because we had a quiet spell, then everybody' would have been asking mm. questions, but yeah that's um shut them up then. shut them up straight <laughs> away, that. yeah so we, we've had a good start <laughs>
0: definitely, but um you know I mean how many of you um you, your sort of winter no sorry summer string must be presumably not that many not, horses that you're running
3: not many at all we got about we got about 15 in to run through the through the summer which right. um you know so we had a couple that that were just having one last run the first couple of weeks they've been turned out now and then 15 to keep going which three of them are flat horses as well so um well a bit dual purpose horses really one's a one's a flat horse at the minute but um he will jump a hurdle at some point um so yeah quite enough but you know we've been been to been shopping at the sales this week and bought bought five um five babies so they're they're coming back and they'll be broken in and you know soon comes right second week in july they are coming. the horses are coming back in so it's yeah, um yeah. it's amazing how quickly it you know you think your, your summer break but as soon as we make a bit of haylage and try and get away for a few days and, and then they'll be coming back in
0: are you um, done on holiday at all? Do you get a chance to yeah, we, break?
3: We will do. Um, we, Rachel's. We'll chip, she shes to wait for a passport for quite some time, but yeah. literally in, in a fortnight's time is the plan. You know, but there's there's sales. There were sales this week. There's more in Ireland in two weeks' time, and then two weeks after that. So we have to sort of hit the hit the middle, hit the gaps. Yeah. But um, yeah. but um, yeah, then then we'll this one will be, go away.
0: And then obviously, I, I, I assume that most of the, you know, your regular horses are out in the fields or gone back to their owners or whatever. But I mean, um, you know, how do you see the, the forthcoming
3: proper season starting? Well, it's exciting. You know, we've got a lovely bunch of horses. Um, y- you know, every year you, you, you actually live the dream through the summer and you see, you, you hope that the next young horse is going to progress and take the big step forward and sort of take you to the top. And then the horses that were novice chasing are in the deep end next year. But, um... You know, we got a nice bunch of horses. They're all turned out that summer and really well, getting fat, and um, looking forward to looking forward to sort of planning their routes routes for the season.
0: What what happens to to um, take a horse like my favourite, Lost in Translation? I mean, he's he kind of hasn't sort of delivered quite the way you want him to. Is, is he, you know, are you still looking for him to perform again next year?
3: Yeah, well, he wasn't be big grade to ask at the start of the season, which was good, and then struggle. But ran ran and travelled really well in the national for a long way. Um, and he, he he particularly enjoyed the national fences, so we're gonna we're gonna aim him at the sort of two and a half mile. There's a Sefton, and then it's the um, the Topham on the on the Friday, and we're, So we're gonna aim him over those over those big fences this season. I have three yeah. or four runs, and, and most of them will be over those big fences. So probably start at um, in the, over the Beecher Chase or the Sefton. Mm. Probably be his first target in the autumn.
0: So he's still you're still
3: very much in your plans, isn't it? Yeah, well he's a ten year old now as well, so there's the um veterans race options with him. So he's um oh yeah, God yeah, no, he's he's you're not thinking about retiring him yet, that's for sure. No,
0: um, and what about, you know, the big breakaway for example?
3: What what's what's his plan? Yeah, well he's he's still only a seven year old and we've we've like he hasn't had a lot of luck this season. He was running a blinder and fell at New Abbott and then um a couple of issues with him. He'd done his wind and things, but um, we turned him out in the field, and, and I, I think he's still only a seven-year-old. I think he's well handicapped with hope of him for like a big season. I mean, he's also a huge yeah. amount of ability.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, it's just been a bit babyish and backwards, and hopefully we can. Um, hopefully that that will come right now. I
0: mean, how do you how do you get a horse to, you know, take to the fences in the correct way rather than as you put it, a babyish way? I mean. Is it what, just
3: a question of practicing all the time? Yeah, schooling at home and and you know, we we, can, we sent him away to William Fox Pitts, actually did a lot of groundwork and things with him. Yeah. But um but I think that he's just he's a big horse who's just just taken physically taken a long time to mature and um you know, he's showed on plenty of occasions that there's a big engine in there. I think he just needed to to sort of fill into his body and fill into his shower and you know he is only seven so he's at the right age now to go and do, the, do his job
0: Yeah, and have you got any others that you think you know any that sort of stand out in your mind I think this is this one's going to be going to be good this year
3: yeah I think Oscar's elite he was he was third at Cheltenham he was second in the hurdle the year before I think there's a big race in him somewhere um, JPR1's a really exciting novice hurdler this season he'll go novice chasing looking forward to him and then you know, like the likes of Warlord and Eldorado Allen were our two biggest earners last season, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't think they've, I don't think they've finished winning. I really don't. So, and then Fiddler on the Roof was fifth in the Grand National, who's second in the Labrook's Trophy. Um, he's off a very similar mark, and you know, there's a big race in him somewhere. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure which one it is, but because because they're seriously competitive races. But um, he's more than capable off of his mark of, of competing.
0: So it's all looking pretty good then.
3: Hopefully, we've got a good string of horses, and you know, we've always got some nice ones coming up through, and um, if we keep them all fit and healthy. Then, then we should have a bit of fun.
0: Now, I know last year, father had a couple, two or three flat horses, and you mentioned you got three sort of dual-purpose flat-type ones. I mean, have you, have you ever thought of doing more on the flat? I mean, is it something that sort of you like to
3: do? Not lots more. No, we, you know, we quite enjoy it with the right horses, and you know, we've had four horses get placed on the flat in, in in the last month so which has been quite good fun everyone just got beat a short head at Lingfield the other day is bloody unlucky but he will win in a minute um, but they're there it's not you know we're, we're jump trainers you know national yeah, hunt's yeah. our game and, and it's our passion and um, but but with the with, with these horses you know if you have to run them in races they're capable of winning and if that means running them on the flat and it's the right thing to do then we're happy yeah. to do it yeah yeah Fine.
0: OK, Joe, well, thanks for catching up with us and, uh, you know, best of luck for the season. Good, man. Joe Tizard there having taken over the licence at uh, Melbourne Port, but I'm sure Colin won't be far away. And now from Melbourne Port, we're going to pop up to Lambourne and have a chat with Jamie Snowden. Good afternoon, Jamie. A quiet time Good for up you up at the eight. moment. A
5: qu- yeah, quite quiet time, yeah. Not um, not much racing at the moment, just uh, the, the way it is, really, through, through the summer. So... Um... Uh, plenty, of, plenty of jobs to be done and, and what have you, sales to, to go to and, uh, and what have you, but yeah, quite a time on the race course.
0: But having said that when you look at, um, you know that the racing post have a record of, of uh, what do they call it um, they have like a record of all your, your entries and where you're running horses and stuff and when you look at the what's on the page there starting from the bottom we've gone second third, third, third first, fell over, second well, that's not a bad little little span for about uh, six days in May.
5: Yeah, and it's been um, I, we, uh, as I say, we haven't we haven't run many. Thankfully, the one the ones we have run have, uh, have have run okay. So yeah, always always nice to get a couple of winners on the board, and um, you know, long long may the luck continue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I see you've got a, a couple on Sunday and a couple on Monday here. Uh, no, one on Monday. What chances have they got? Aber
5: Aberneg. Uh, yeah, Arbenig, he's entered in a couple of places and, and Bucco's boys entered. I don't think Bucko's boys will, will run. He obviously finished second at Hexham um, a couple of days ago. So yeah. he, he probably won't run. Arbenig, um he's entered uh, obviously at Fakenham and at Ludlow. I think of those two, Fakenham is probably the, the, the more likely. Um, but obviously there, there are a couple of other options as well. So we'll, we'll probably make a decision in the morning at decoration time.
0: Yeah. And then on Tuesday, Valamix, any Any chance there?
5: Yeah, Valamix. Um, yeah, I, he'll he'll definitely be ready to run. Um, fairly soon. whether it's necessarily this race or not remains to be seen. Um, there's a, there's a couple in that in that race that could be okay. So we we might duck and dive and try and find the right race run.
0: But apart from that, though, it's a more leisurely time of the of the of the year for you, is it?
5: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, we've just been up at sales for a couple of days, um, and, uh, and 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 yes, yeah, so we bought bought a couple. Of To to add to our stock. Now we need to find some owners for them.
0: Right. Uh, You didn't bump into Sheikh Mohammed while you were up there then, did you?
5: Didn't bump into Sheikh (laughs) Mohammed there, unfortunately. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. A lot
0: of people go to these sales. I mean, obviously the horse industry goes as a rule, but I mean, uh, is there a lot of people there generally?
5: Yeah, busy, 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 busy. Yeah, lots of people there. Um, Four four days of selling. So the first two days are are what we call store horses, um, horses that never had a, a a saddle on their back, so completely untried horses. Mm-hmm. And then the next two days are, are horses in training. The, the first day are sort of for younger, improving horses, and the second day today would be for the, the older types that perhaps looking for a change of scenery.
4: Right,
0: right. And tell me, when it comes to breaking in a horse, I mean, you know, we've all seen it on, on the old westerns, on the, on the films, but, you know, how, how difficult is it? I, I mean Do they get as sort of raucous as you see them on, on the western films or, or not?
5: No, I, I mean, I suppose um that the, you know those films are probably um you know, they probably uh, they're, they're, they're there to sell really, aren't they mm. um, no it's all, it's all um you know the, the chances are horse, you know horses want to please you know they, they tend to want to please, so um the, the, we do it in, in a very sort of calm, controlled manner and, and plenty of lunging and bit by bit step by step. And, um a bit sort of the the kind of monty roberts way that perhaps you have seen on on, on the show, yeah, yeah and uh, and and it's a, a control man it takes it takes a it takes a takes a while it takes a bit of time um but you know it's literally step by step it's like a child at school mm-hmm. um and then he then you back off them and and teach them that a bit again and do a bit more than back off and do a little bit more it's the same as training a horse you're you you're constantly teaching teaching them, but sort of backing off a little bit when the time comes, and then teaching them a bit more.
0: And how long would you say it takes from start to finish, then?
5: Um, from 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 taking a horse on, uh, without a saddle on it back to countering it up the gallops. Yeah. A um, couple of months.
0: Oh, as long as that, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah,
5: to the to the point that it's it's ready to come into training.
0: Yeah, yeah. So patience being the name of the game then, really
5: yeah and they've got time to grow so so we'll we we'll, you know the ones that the, the the store horses that we buy let's just say this week and they'll 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 go down to to a pre a, a special pre uh, breaking yard um uh, backing yard and um and they'll they'll back and back and uh, get on and back and break them we call it backing and breaking. it's the old style breaking way, but it's it's you know this sort of new style backing way mm. and um and and really' they'll, they'll be there they'll have a bit of a break as well but they they won't come to us until september.
0: All right, right, okay. All interesting stuff, sir. All interesting stuff. So, thank you very much for that. Um, We'll join you again next week, as usual, and hopefully pick up a couple more winners in the week.
5: That would be nice. Thanks,
0: Eddie. Okay, thanks, Jamie. Thanks for joining us. Speak to you soon. Thank you.
5: All the best. Bye Bye -bye.
0: bye Bye bye. Well, now from Messrs. Tizard and Snowden, we're going to switch to the flat racing scene and we're going to catch up with Sam Hoskins from Hot Trot Racing. Well, I'm delighted to have uh, Sam Hoskins from Hot Trot Racing on the phone to us today. Um, Sam, how are you? Are things beginning to happen again?
6: Yeah, thanks, i um, It's good, good to talk to you. And uh, yeah, it's a busy time of year. Um, we've had the Guineas and the Derby and are so not far away, and Ascot's on the horizon after that. So it's all go and um, lots of action on the track. It's good fun.
0: So looking at the action on the track in particular, um, a Get Ahead I notice has been doing quite well. But um, what, what yeah, other, the, what the, other the res- our
6: number one group has um, has had a had a great start to the season. We've had Get Ahead who was third at York last week, and she was third at Bath and a listed race before that. And um, we have an amazing filly, Roman Mist, that also has won a listed race. And and um, from there it's a, it's a funny one because we had a, we run another filly called Rosebury Topping that won at Wolverhampton a few weeks ago. Um, but she had a, a little niggle at the end of last week and that gonna I mean she's out for the season which is disgusting yeah. and we've had a couple of other little niggles as well in the first group so uh, yeah we, we're we're down on numbers a little bit, a few horses needing time off but, but we luckily get ahead and roam and miss and that group are, are real um, flag bearers for so hot to chop in general but I mean they're both in that one group so yeah. that's very exciting um, and the group you're in, hot to chop too is sort of, um, a very exciting group of horses and two lovely two-year-olds that are entered up for this weekend at Goodwood. Um, Rage of Bambi for Eve Johnson-Horson and Punterell for Johnny Portman and both Phillies are really impressing their trainers. So they're, they're two for your, your listeners to look out for.
0: So without wanting to sort of say they're going to win, but you're, you're reasonably hopeful they're going to run well anyway.
6: Well, I think so. I, think, um, I think Rage Rachel Bambi might actually wait another week or two running. I spoke to Eve this morning, but she has she entered, but I think it's probably more likely she's going to wait another week. Um, but she's very nice, and she's definitely worth watching out for. She's had a race course scallop already, um, and she went, she actually won her race course scallop, albeit only a four-runner four affair, yeah. um, and, and what the form's worth is, is very dubious. But um, but she is very nice. She's a very nice filly, and, and well worth watching out for, especially if she's running in a uh, one of these restricted maidens, which are sort of cheaper horses as such, which she does qualify for. Um, and Punterelle, um is very nice, probably not first time out for her because she's, she, she's still quite a green filly, but um, Johnny Portman's got an eye on second time out already, he's got an eye on the, there's a, a, a six furlong filly restricted novice at Newbury the week after Royal Ascot. The race, he actually sponsors himself and he's keen to run Punterelle and that, but she'll have a prep for four and that, and that could be a good on Saturday.
0: And uh, Melly Mee seems to have, have flattered to deceive a little bit.
6: Yeah, she came um, third at Haydock on her first run and beaten a fairway way. And then she's fourth the other day at, at Windsor. And both of them were respectable runs. But I think I'd be lying to say I haven't been a little bit disappointed that she hasn't done a bit better so far because she I really did feel she would carry on her upwardly sort of mo- mobile sort of progress from last season. But. Um, She's another that's got an entry for this weekend. She's ended up at Hadoff on Saturday. I'm not sure whether she's going to run yet or not. but um, she, she'll. I think probably um, she needs um, probably a faster pace in her races, um, and that will be, see her the better effect. But she, she, she's, a, she's a fun filly, but I, I was hoping she might progress a bit more than she's shown so far this season. Um, we've also got Dorothy, who was third on her debut last month. Um, she was uh, down the field in a better race last time, um, and she's going to run, make her turf debut later this month, um, over over five furlongs, and then she'll be an interesting athlete to follow in handicap sort of from mid-June onwards um, and, and how about oh, Emily Post, how's she doing? Um, Emily Post, yeah, she ran a good race at Red Cardio in second so you've had lots of places at the moment, but no winners. Hmm. Um, Emily Post entered up at Wolverhampton next Monday, and that looks like perfect race for home, She should have a really good chance in that race. So hopefully that can be our first winner of the season.
0: Oh, let's hope so. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Looking at, looking at the, uh, the, the flat racing season in general, though, um, first of all, what did you think about the wonder horse that ran over the weekend? But bar, a bard, or I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it.
6: bard, yeah. It was very impressive. We actually had a the Versandicott run Kennet Valley. We had a horse called Tabasco that was fifth in that race, and baid uh was hugely impressive and it's completely different class to the rest of the horses including ourselves um and uh, yeah he's going to get a royal Ascot. our horse is going to take him on again because re- actually for us baid's quite a good thing because he scares off a lot of the other big horses yeah. which means a-, a lesser horse like us has got a better chance of coming in the places because baid's scaring them off all for us if if baid wasn't around it'd be a very open division and There'd be 15, 20 horses wanting to have a go at it, but as it, as it probably happens, I suspect there probably won't be more than nine or ten horses lining up, as was the case last Saturday.
0: Mm. I thought it so, was quite, quite um, yeah, interesting. Horse. Quite interesting to see William Haggis's uh, attitude to questions in general. He, uh, he sort of got the feeling that he, he didn't really want to go over the top just in case. But then when the horse ran, my God, that was pretty impressive, wasn't it?
6: Well, no, and he, he's not someone that he's not someone to get excited So the fact that he. Put, talks in these kind of ways does suggest that he thinks the absolute world of Bayern um, and he's got a great chance of going through the season um, finish free really um, I'm sure he'll try a mile too in due course by see the stars um, and yeah uh, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's he's possibly the new Frankel or see the stars himself so he's well, amazing I, and, um, I was just
0: going to say that yeah. do, do you think he's better than Frankel well
6: I, I think he'd do well to be and Frank. Also, also I also would say he, whilst he was very good last season, Frank has achieved so much at three and and two as well. Was by um, at two in particular, and was was unbeaten. He's unbeaten, but I, I don't think he deserves to be named in that breadth, um, breadth so far. But but the, and and in the and the four year old plus division, is, at the moment it, it's not that strong. But the, what will really be the test is, is how he'll get on when when the three year olds start taking them on. Um, after Royal Ascot when the three-year-olds take on the older horses and if, if he beats all the three-year-olds then we'll know he's a real superstar
0: so he's still really got a bit of work to do then to really reach out uh, yeah, to
6: yeah exactly I think he's although he's unbeaten I think um, yeah he's still got he he's still got to, he, he's still got to prove it to be a, an absolute international superstar
0: and as an acknowledged uh, authority on horse racing generally Sam what do you fancy for the derby then
6: um, I thought the Michael Stout horse that won at York last week was really impressive um, it was only his second start um, and I think that mirrors what Michael Stout did with Chris Kinn in the same colours and um, same trainer obviously uh, many years ago and um, I actually forgotten the name of the horse but I was there um, he looked really good in the paddock beforehand Yeah, and I think um, he would be my each way shout at this stage
0: what, what about Aidan O'Brien? Do you think he's got anything in in his locker that could uh, could do the job?
6: Yeah, I mean, he's he's had a, a whole host, as usual, a whole host of, um, of, of derby trial winners. Um, and, I mean, it's quite hard to pick between them at the moment. Usually with Aidan, if he runs one or two, then it means he's probably sure of what he's got. Whereas if he runs six or seven, then he's probably less sure and there's probably less chance of there being an absolute superstar in there. So... At the moment, it looks like there's going to be quite a few running of his in there, I'd have thought. Yeah. And it's left clear. Obviously, Luxembourg was the big fan, um, but he's, he's been injured. Um, so maybe that would have been the start. He, he'd run a really nice race in the 2000 Guineas, which people off trial. So. Um, he's, at, he's not going to be running in the derby, but, um, but he'll have... <laughs> Aidan has an embarrassment of riches. He's got so many other horses to come in and, and, and fill the void.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that, that sums it up, really, it? the embarrassment of riches. You've hit the nail on the head there, I think. <laughs> Definitely hit the nail on the head there. But look, Sam, um, yeah. keep things going at uh, Hot to Trot. I'm looking forward to this weekend because obviously we've got two or three runners and, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, perhaps get a winner. Be nice.
6: Brilliant, yeah. Thanks, Daddy, and all the best in- and uh, happy racing to your
0: listeners yeah thank you very much oh so that was Sam Hoskins from Hot to Trot Racing and of course watch out for the Hot to Trot Racing team over the weekend because we've got about three or four runners going and uh, hopeful of a few winners there so let's wait and see but uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed well from one authority on the flat in the shape of Sam Hoskins at Hot to Trot it's time to catch up with our very own authority on the flat racing scene and that of course is Richard Phillips uh, it's time to catch up with Richard Phillips uh so, let's start talking flat racing. How's it going, Richard?
7: Not too bad at all, thank you. Yeah, not too bad at all. It's been an interesting time
0: indeed, it has what do you what do you make of it all and in particular, um, I mean last Saturday at uh, Newbury was pretty uh, exciting, and this uh, this William haggis horse
7: absolutely by e pure class, that's basically what he is. pure class. I mean they're talking frankles with this horse, and um, he's unbeaten. He was so impressive on Saturday. just traveled like a machine and then Jim Crowley, a great man, just let down the old reins and he just galloped away against some great horses and made them look pretty ordinary. So he's potentially uh, a very, very good horse, I think. Uh, One of the best we've seen for a while. Uh, He might step up to a mile and a quarter at some stage, but at the moment he's finer a mile and he's a very exciting horse. And, uh, yeah, he's something to make you smile.
0: Do you think he's as good as Frankel? I just asked um, Sam Hoskins of Hot to Trot whether he thought he was, and he, he said he thought he had a bit of work to do. Do you think he's still got a bit of work to do to catch up with Frankel?
7: Well, well Frankel had this incredible brilliance. Um, he's a freak, Frankel, in many respects. This horse was caused by Sea the Stars, who again was the horse that people thought would be uh, compared to Frankel. And See the Stars is a different type of horse. He, he just did what he had to do. Uh, Bye are sort of in between Frankel and See the Stars, really. You know, he doesn't win by ten lengths but he wins by five, whereas Cedar Stars just knew he only to win by one and a half. Yeah. So he's a bit of an in-betweener, but you know, he's he just looks like a whereas Frank always has this sheer brilliance but and a mentality that looks as though he's sort of a bit of a, a bit of a character. But he seems to be a very laid back character. He just when you press the button, he just goes. Mm.
0: Interesting to see William Haggis' reaction to the questions on ITV Racing last Saturday, though. He seemed very, you know, he didn't really want to sort of go too far over the top when you, you almost felt that he, he, he knew damn well that he'd got one hell of a horse there.
7: Of course he does, and every trainer's like that because, you know, they're right today and they could be wrong tomorrow. You're mm-hmm. only one day away from it, you're only one day away from something going wrong. And But I, I, you can, I've known William Haggis about four decades now and he's a great man but he, he's a yorkshire man and he knows full well if you overplay your cars it can all go wrong yeah so um he knows he's got a really good horse there. he's known for quite a long time and of course he's married to Lester the daughter maureen he's a, a brilliant um a brilliant horsewoman yeah uh, a great event rider great horse and, and you can tell that both of them know that baeed is right up there with the very best so let's hope he stays stay sound and Fit and we can uh, enjoy the season with him.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So, what else have you spotted over the last sort of week or so, then, uh, Richard?
7: Well, I think Bayed was the was the main thing, but of course, the Desert Crown is now favourite for the Derby, along uh, with Stone Age. Desert Crown was a very impressive win of the Dante um, for uh, Michael Stout and So, Michael is a very popular man and one of the great men and one of the great trainers of all time. And to see him have a favourite for the Derby is great. Jesse Cram was very impressive winning the Dante and goes there with every chance. And I think he and Stone Age are the two for the Derby at this stage. And, of course, uh, we've got weekend. We've got Native Trail running the Irish 2,000 guineas. He was runner-up in the English equivalent. But Native Trail um, was favourite for that race, a short-price favourite. But he looks as though he's got the Irish 2,000 guineas for the taking. And we've got the Irish 1,000 guineas on Sunday, where Tuesday is the favourite and she's one of the favourites for the Oaks. Uh, so, um, uh, Emily Upjohn is favourite after winning last week at York. But uh, I think Tuesday is a very well-bred horse. A full system to minding of both both the 1,000 guineas and an oats. And Tuesday, I know, Bally Doyle, think a lot of that horse. So she runs in the Irish 1,000 on Sunday. So hopefully that, that that picture will look a bit clearer after the weekend. But they look like the highlights coming out this weekend. So as ever, it's the classic picture. We're coming up to first week of June Everyone, every plant, every tree, every horse, every animal should look well in the first week of June. That's why Derby <laughs> Week is so exciting, yeah. and uh, it looks as though coming to the fore. And, and after this weekend, we should have a p- clearer picture of what looks likely to win the uh, Epsom Derby, and the Epsom Oaks.
0: Do you think um, Native Trail running in the Irish uh, Two Thousand guineas is is the course easier or more suited to him from than uh, than Newmarket?
7: Well, that's a very good point, and I think it is. Um, at Newmarket it looks as though it's quite flat but it, you go up and down Dale a little bit they call it the at three furlongs out at Newmarket and you just go down into a dip and then come out of it and Native Trail is a big horse a very powerful horse but uh, I think the Curragh will suit him a lot better it'll be more straightforward a flat track a galloping track and Native Trail is by a horse called Oasis Dream and although Oasis Dream is a sprinter he does breed horses that get mile and mile and a quarter so I can see Native Trail getting further than a mile in time so I think he, Irish 2000 Guineas will suit him because he's on the Curra, lots of space, lots of time to do things, where stamina probably comes into the fore, certainly kicking into the last quarter of, of a mile, and I think Native Trail will be suited far more by the Curra than he was at Newmarket.
0: And, and is, I mean, I've never been to the Curra, is the Curra flatter than Newmarket because it hasn't got that dip, you know, two to furlongs out, wherever Absolutely. it is? It's a,
7: there's, a, there's a rise, as it were, to look. but basically, yes, the a, a Curra is a big open space, but very much... Um, a simpler more less complicated track in as much as you have to gallop you have to stay and you have to have a bit of speed as well so that's why the irish classics are always hard to win but always good horses win them because basically you've got to show every attribute of a racehorse both speed and stamina but that should suit native trail i think
0: and uh, i see frankie is getting excited about his mount for the oaks um what, what do you feel about that one
7: yeah emily up john i mean she she wowed him at Sandown not often does Frankie always say wow when he's in a horse uh, especially at home but uh, Emily Upjohn looks uh, pretty pretty impressive the other day so um, quite a long story short she's favourite she's got every chance she's not that experienced but she's a huge big unit she's a really big powerful horse and uh, wouldn't be any surprise to anyone if she went and won the Oaks but Epsom is different to most tracks and there's an up and down there <laughs> when it comes to the Epsom Downs you have to rise up for the first sort of quick horse a mile and it's downhill from there on and some horses just don't find it easy to balance around there but Emily Upjohn looks certainly a horse that will get the trip and it was pretty impressive.
0: You mentioned when we came on that you're at the sales um how many millions have you paid out for horses this afternoon then? Uh,
7: not, I haven't bought anything this afternoon but I'm just about to go back and try and buy one but we bought a couple of young horses earlier three-year-olds uh, for jumping basically that uh yeah. potentially will go on and be uh, jumpers over hurdles and fences for years to come so it's a big sale at Doncaster it's the end of season sale really where there's a lot of young what they call store horses horses that have not raced before that uh been bred to, to the jumping game at the age of three and there's also uh, today Irish point-to-pointers and English point-to-pointers being sold and then horses in training sold tomorrow so it's a big sale lots of horses in it but uh, it looks uh, uh, yeah it, the competition's pretty hard there's, there's still a fair bit of money around so, so you, um, you've you kept your million
0: nice. in your pocket, have you? <laughs> yeah,
7: luckily, I've never had a million, so I no, don't have to worry about
0: that. <laughs> well, look, Richard, thank you very much for coming on, as usual. We appreciate all your time and effort to do it, and uh, have a good sales.
7: Very much, indeed. Look forward to speaking to you next week.
0: Yeah, thanks, Richard. See you soon, mate. Bye-bye. Well, now it's trainer time. We're going to catch up with Rod Melman down at Columpt. Good afternoon, Rod. How are you? you um, uh, have you been to the sales this week?
8: No, I haven't. No, Um I did all my stocking up in the winter, in, in the autumn, um, yeah. I prefer to buy my young horses and break them myself yeah. um, if you go to the bees up sales, there are some really nice horses there, but the nice horses make a lot of money, and the ones which have gone wrong will go cheap yeah. you don 't really want them they 've gone wrong already <laughs> no,
0: absolutely. I can blame that that 's for sure but um, you had a winner last uh, last week, crystal cask I see um, everything 's sort of still going along nicely.
8: Well, lots of bases um, we haven't had that's just the only winner we've had the last few weeks but the horses are running well we had an 80 to 1 second 2 year old first time out this week and a 16 to 1 third yeah. they're starting to come to hand um, and um, basically the season is just getting going now isn't it You know. Well,
0: absolutely yeah um, you've got a few runners over the weekend um, what chances have you got
8: um, well going from today we've got a couple in at Lingfield in uh, low-class handicap
4: mm-hmm. who
8: would have good chances. Um, we've got Over the Border. She's a young filly, first time in a handicap. She's not running a race. She's had a chance yet at all. Mm-hmm. So she's now in a 0-60, and it would give her half a squeak.
4: Yeah, yeah.
8: And then Miss Annico, who was second last time out of Chepstow, she's she's one of the first two in the betting. She should have a good chance. Yeah. She's... Um, Very consistent filly. Uh, Usually runs a good race. Uh, Luckily, we haven't had too much rain at Lingfield. Otherwise, I wouldn't have fancied her so much if the ground was soft.
0: Yeah. Looking at at Saturday, Rod, I mean, what about uh, Suadeo, is it? I don't know how you pronounce that one.
8: Sorry, sorry. Yes, well, (laughs) she's in a maiden. Um, Her handicap rating is one of the highest. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple of dark horses in the race. There's a horse I tried to buy, actually. From the shadow dispersal,
4: yeah.
8: Um, what's it called? Hang on, let me see what it's called. Made 120,000, I think. Oh, did it? Wow. Um, I get it a bit less than that, so I dropped away. I'm afraid. Hmm. uh, it's called Elzols, Elzols, yeah. Um, that that's um, if that is trained on, that would be a nice source, but it didn't run very well when it ran the last time, right? So okay. hopefully, might have a chance against that one,
0: and then Coco
8: Hill. Cocoa Hill, well, she's quite a nice filly, but she's a maiden and probably a handicap in her future.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then Sunday, you've got a couple, four a day and We've Crazy got Luck. Four a, day.
8: four a day goes to Nottingham. Right. Um, she's a very genuine filly. She was second last time to a progressive sort. Mm-hmm. And hopefully she'd have a good chance. I don't know what's in the race yet, but she should run a yeah. good race.
0: And what about Crazy and Luck? Not, is, she, is she still
8: going? No, she, she's like waiting for another race. Right. Okay, okay.
0: Lovely. Okay, then, Rob. Well, look, you're a busy man. Thank you very much for that. Okay. Um, all right. I'm glad you enjoyed your holiday, and we'll catch up with you next week, if that's all right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Cheers, mate. Thank you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to join On Safari, the Colin Brown Show. Good afternoon, Colin. Uh, how...
9: Good afternoon, lady. How
0: are you? I'm all right, mate. It's the others, isn't it? It
9: is the others. Crikey, we got... we're got. we really hotting up now from the flat race season. Aren't we We really got the Irish guineas this weekend. Last weekend we had a couple of big races at Newbury including the Group 1 uh, Al-Shakab Locking Stakes um, along with a really uh, interesting Carnarvon Stakes I thought there at Newbury um, as well and of course a couple of weeks time you know have got the Oaks and the Derby and there's a few of the O'Brien horses and not just Joe, not jo- just Aiden we've got uh, a Donica's and Joseph O'Brien's with big chances in the Irish Guineas and the Derby. In fact, uh, we'll talk about that in a second because um, they've booked Frankie de to ride one in the Derby as well. But, no, it's been really exciting racing, And as we said last weekend, um, you know, I tried to get Bayeed beaten, but what a horse he is. I mean, he is absolutely unbeaten now, and he won as he liked, didn't it, Can you really? Yeah. Al Shikab, you know, Group 1, Locking Stakes, beat Real World, he won at Royal Ascot last year, a big horse called Chinder, who's a very good gr- group sort of 2-3 horse, so I must say, I won't try and get him beaten again, but you know, you, you do try and get these horses beaten, these type of races, but I must say, he's a very, very decent horse, so, like, looking back at what we talked about last weekend for your listeners, I would say Bade will go on to maybe Royal Ascot or maybe the Sussex Stakes, at Goodwood, Um We've got a horse called uh, it, um, called Tiber Flow that had never run on the turf, only at home. And he was just beaten when I was at Newcastle the other day, I remember telling you, by El Caballo, who will go now at Haydock Park this weekend. And uh, he won the Carnarvon Stakes there at Newbury. And the other horse that was very impressive, um, just in the Phillies' trial, listed there, so was Nashua. She looked a machine, and she was ridden by Holly Doyle. I mean... She'll go for something, you know, at um, at Royal Ascot, I suppose. You probably the Ribblesdale or something. I mean, she's a fine filly. She is, and trained, of course, by Gosden, um, the Gosdens. And um, so that's really a bit of a recap on last weekend. Do you
0: um, think um, I mean, Baid is as good as they say? Is, is it as better than Frankel, or as good as Frankel?
9: I wouldn't compare him with Frankel. I don't. Really like comparing horses in different generations and different decades in a lot of ways, but you know I think he's a very, very good horse. I do, and um you just have to prove us in the pudding. You know, if he goes through this year unbeaten, maybe pops over to France or something for one of the big ones, or maybe in America Breeders' Cup or something. You know, we, we just have to see. But I think he is a machine. He's a very nice horse, and um, he's well put together. He's got a good. You know, good way about him, really. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he, he really is a women's lovely, lovely horse. I think he's a horse that, um, you know, we need to uh, keep on the right side of now. I mean, I was trying to get beaten with it just now. now, but now he's, he, he, he's a class horse, he really is. Have you got I mean, your excuses
0: um, lined up for Rahib?
9: Which one?
0: Marcus Tregoning's Rehib, R- R- or what it was called.
9: Oh, really? yeah, no, you ran a rubbish race, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about him. He's you know, he is disappointing. Some horses work well at home, don't show up on the track. Some horses don't show up much on the track, and then they, you know, go work well at home. I shall be forgetting him until maybe he comes out and wins, and we'll have a look at him. But, um, mm. no, he was very disappointing, I, m- I must say. He really was. Yeah. But cool. anyhow, the thing to do is be looking forward, not backwards, I suppose you have to say.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. We've
9: got the second meeting at Glorious Goodwood this weekend with some really good racing there. Yeah, William Hill, uh, they're sponsoring all the races. You could do with them sponsoring Three Valleys Radio. In, mm. in fact, it won't be William Hill anymore because they've just been bought out by Unibet. Quite an amazing company, Unibet. I know one of the guys who heads up on see if I can get you some sponsorship.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, do
9: the that. Show. But, um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll do that. But um, yeah, there's decent racing down at Goodwill. There's nothing really sort of outstanding down there, if you like. Um, I would say Lone Eagle probably would be the best horse running there. He was fancy for a couple of big races last year. He has won at Goodwill that was last May. Um, in fact, I think it was this race that he won last May. So, He's the only one that I would say really stands out. But he's gonna be odds on, so he's not gonna be a backable price. Mm. But you know, just now just now I mentioned the um the horse uh Tyber Flo, who was beaten by El Caballo when I was up at um when I was up at uh, Newcastle the other day. He runs at Haydock, but just before we get on to him, there's a really good race called the Kazoo Silver Bowl. It's always a top-class race. Often the winner of this goes on to run in maybe the Britannia States or one of those big races, Royal Lundsup or something, uh, depending on its handicap, Mark and Ascot. And Mighty Ulysses runs here from the Golden Stable, and he's got um, that uh, apprentice who slightly went the wrong way after winning the Lincoln last year, uh, Benoit Derrisset, and he rides um, Mighty Ulysses. I think that will win the two thirty-five at Haydock Park. But moving on, uh, aided to the Sandy Lane stakes, the horse that I've been talking about, El Caballo, he's around about three to one, five to two. If he he will run there because I spoke to Carl Burke the other day. I mean, this is a really decent horse, um, El Caballo, and uh, he has got you know top form, and you can see. He's won five of his six races. He was beaten first time at Doncastle. and I think that he's won. And he beat Tymer, just beat him up at Newcastle the other day. Tymer Close back and won the Carnarvon Stakes at Newbury. That's good form. And this one's worth following in the Sandy Lane at Haydock, The week end. Now, I think what we should do now is just to touch on the Derby, and not Derby, the Oaks, and maybe a couple of horses that might head for the Derby uh, because uh, at the current they've got a nine race card, yeah, a nine race card, so I'm sure all the valets and whatever will be delighted about <laughs> the nine race card there. Um, but over there in Ireland, there's always worth looking out for, trained by Hugo Palmer who trains at the Chase Small Farm, and that of course, Andrew Black, to his own I'm not sure he owns that there anymore, but um, him and uh, Owen, Michael Owen, uh, own a horse called um, Brad the Brief, and it's got some nice form. One at hey, not the last time, eating Glen Shill. and I would say, um, I would say, it's uh, it's probably going to win again this weekend. Um, he he's a horse that uh, that, that um, I think a bit of an improver for the Hugo. Palmer Stable. Um, anyhow, that's over in Ireland. The 2000 guineas in Ireland, that's getting priced up. Buckaroo, the Chatters Irish 2000 guineas. Buckaroo's also quite like, trained by Joseph O'Brien. He's about 4 to 1. He's got some big race entries. He's won two of his six races, but his form's pretty good. And uh, he was second to Wexford Native and second the time before that at Leatherstone, was called Pease and Eel. And uh, that horse, Peasman Kill, is trained by a Brian. O'Brien. And um, I noticed a couple of days ago that he has booked Frankie the Tory to uh, take the ride in our derby on June the 3rd at Epsom. So that's quite, um, that's quite, a, quite a ride for, um, for Frankie, You didn't have a ride in the derby. Of course, he's ridden several derby winners, Frankie, or at least I think of three, one of them being Golden Horn. And so he will, um, he'll be loving getting on this one. And uh, you know he's been running a mile and a mile and two that day. Uh, I would say, if he if he wins this, he'll go on to um, Buckaroo will go on maybe to run um, maybe I don't know in, in sort of the top mile races at Ash or Goodwood because he probably won't be going for the Derby. because Say, beat. Pease Daniel is the one that Frankie rides in the Derby. So there's. Only to look forward to it over the weekend, um, oh. but that's in the Tapasores Gold Cup, um, and then we've got so many entries now in the uh, in the Guineas. I'm not really sure what is going to, um, you know, win it. It's, it's such a good race, yeah. it really is. And then we've got the Thousand Guineas as well in Ireland. I mean, you can't go wrong when you're following the O'Briens and the um, you know, in, in Ireland. Some of the horses that they've got are just quite amazing. But, you have to say that I don't think anything in the Irish Guineas will beat Native Trail, and that's probably why he's, uh, Donnick O'Brien or Joseph O'Brien is taken Bazaru for the Tapasores group one race on the day, because we don't think they're going to beat Native Trial. Who, uh, you know, finished second to Caribis, his stable companion, who's Equally, a very good horse. Well. So, it really is still a little bit of a puzzle unfolding with the flat racing at this minute. Um, and then going forward, we've got the and zombie. So, we'll speak about that next week.
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's getting ever closer, isn't it?
9: Yes, uh, is... uh, that's probably just like the little roundup now for, the, um, for our, our, our flat program. And then, of course, we've got the weekend's racing as well. So, yeah, all in the place.
0: Well, let's let's have a look at the, 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 the you know the weekend racing now. Um, if you're uh, ready to go on that one,
9: yeah, we are indeed.
0: Where would you like to go then?
9: Well, I think we'll probably um, start at York. A couple of races up at York, I quite like. Right. There's the three thirty and the four o seven for Philly stakes race Group Three, and then another stakes race. So we'll start with the filly. Race at uh, York. At, uh 3:30 at York. Okay. For the week, weekend's around uh, Roger Berry's is also a fantastic form. And I think his horse just needed his run. And maybe wasn't suited by uh, Chester the other day when he was beaten uh, in the Ormond States by a very good horse called Hamish. And that's a horse um, called Believe in Love. Um, he's much better than that time before that he was second at Longchamp to Loving Dream that was in the Cantar uh, Prix de Roy- Royale and uh, that was a group one race out there so I think he'll take the beating um, in the 3.30 up at School Believe in Love is about 3 to 1 and then in the Knowledge Stakes race um, it looks pretty wide open actually um, but there's some of the horses in there are quite interesting. Uh, one of them is a Hugo Palmer first about by a fine grey at season, and it's ridden by Harry Davis. Quite an interesting seven pound claimer who's been getting on a few good trainers' horses and and winning on them. Normally, I wouldn't back horses first about two year old races, but I think Hugo Palmer, you know, he's got this job there where he's taken them from Gascombe. He needs to do well with them and reward reward style. Harry Davidson, the two-year-old race up there at York, I think it's got a really, really good chance. Um, as I said, uh, Goodwood looks um, interesting. Some quite nice races there, but nothing really, really big uh, there at, um, at Goodwood. Um, but we've got a couple of interesting races there. One of them is a race where I think the it horse it, I really fancied last year for a couple of big races. It did win at Newmarket in May, and it's called Move In Time. Um, it hadn't run since July 21 when it was fourth The Real World at Newbury. Before that, it was fifth in a decent race for Royal Ascot um, the in the Hampton Court State. It was trained by Roger Vera. It needed to run at Newmarket the other the I'm Cap Frank, Frank yeah uh, yes, yeah, should I say, and I think, um, I think it will go close today. It's called Moving Time at in a 2 15 at Goodwood, right? Right, yeah, we've mentioned that on the flat program that's in the capture the states of Goodwood. There's going to be odds on, so on there's one for you, doubles and trebles. Which one was um, that? Sorry,
0: I missed that, Colin.
9: Um, it's called Lone Eagle. It's in the um, Listed race at Goodwood the weekend. We mentioned it on the flat programme. Oh, yeah. Uh, just flat programme. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty nice horse. I would be. Trayman Martin, he'd be surprised if he got beaten.
0: Right yeah. So...
9: right. On to, we're going to go now to have a, a look at ADOC. Um And there's some really good races Racing up at Haydock, as we mentioned earlier on. Um, now, a trainer really good for me, i might have spoken to him, is a trainer called um, Milton Harris, and he's got a runner at Haydock Park in the 125, and it's called Songa. Won a Bath the other day, good to firm ground, mile four. It's got all that here today, could just be the improver. Had a few runs. Um, had a few runs, you know, and is a winner at Kempton, actually, um, for Milton Harris. But it's, course, it's just slightly improving. It's owned by called Adams, who likes to uh, have a little net to and Milton Harris owns some of it himself. So that won't be too far away. I think in the 125 at ADOC Park. Right, next. Uh, next races there, well, we've talked about them on the flat program, but if all the listeners aren't just listening to that program as well, we'll um, we'll go for uh, we'll just go for Al Cabala, the horse that I mentioned just now in the Sandy Lane. I think he'll win. He's a very good horse. so by Carl Burke, and um, the other horse I quite like in the Temple Stakes up there is Winter Power, uh, a horse trained by. Uh, what do you call it called an be winter power. I think he's just coming into. he was seasoned by the very soft ground he ran in France last year. The other horse in the race that could run quite well is came from the dark from the stable of uh, Ed Walker. The one I like at a little bit of a price in the 3:45 at Haydock. is always called Moss He Likes the track. He's got some quite good form. He wasn't beaten very far at Newby the last time he ran. He's Quite high in the handicap for an older horse. He's a six-year-old, but he's also um, always runs a big race up there at Haydock Park. we got a bit of jumping at Stratford. Oh, the jumping now with the very good flat races, racing, starting. Um So, that is about it then. A little bit of the lull before the storm really apart from Haydock park and a couple of little listed races on saturday you know and the guineas of in ireland that's something totally different um it is a slight lull before the storm We've had some great in the last few weekends but they're probably the best of my bunch for uh saturday's racing for the listeners
0: okay Colin, that's fine thank you very much for that let's hope that uh no the old whip it can win as well then
9: Exactly. And we haven't mentioned Mary,
0: have we? No. Indeed not, we, we haven't.
9: Have
4: She'll be loving
9: the sunshine. It's been about 29 degrees today, I think. She'll be out watering her tomato
0: garden. I'll tell you what, it's not 29 degrees here at the moment. <laughs> Nothing like.
4: Oh, isn't it?
0: No, no. It's, it's sunny, yes, but it's not... it's, it's OK, it's pleasant. But it's not 29 degrees, yeah. it's about, uh, oh, right. I expect it's about 18, 19 maybe. Oh,
9: right. Oh, right. Okay. What's it like yeah, in Germany the right then? yes right the it's about 29 degrees, it's pretty hot. Is it? Mm.
0: You, uh,
9: have a great
0: weekend. Well, that, folks, was the Colin Brown Show, and now we've got the Dave Wilson Show. Well, good evening, Dave. How are you, mate?
10: Very well Adrian. We've got a lovely weekend ahead of us. We've got sunshine and uh the odd shower queue between now and then. And we've got eight class one races on at the weekend which all of them look absolutely fantastic. So I'm in a in a very good mood and I can't wait for Saturday to arrive. Fair enough. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna head over to Goodwood to start the weekend uh rundown off and the one we're going to start with this 2.15 at Goodwood.
0: OK, fine, gotcha.
10: The little the little four-legged fella that we like in there is going to be Stormy Antarctic. He's going to be ridden by Richard Kingscoat and trained by Ed Walker. He's a nine-year-old now, but he's done a good few turns in the past. and uh, <clears throat> it's a horse that you need to catch fresh, and you need to catch him on good to soft going. Now, he won this race last year by three and a half lengths, and he beat Desert Encounter that day. Now, he's he's currently priced up at around about 13 to 2, and we think he's well worth having an each-way bet on. And William Hills are actually playing four places on the race, as fifth of the odds. So if he finishes in the first four, you're going to win money.
4: Yeah.
10: So we're going to start the weekend off with Stormy Antarctic, and he's a very, very consistent horse, so uh, we're quite confident he'll be in the first four minimum if he doesn't even get up to win the race.
0: Okay, fair enough.
10: Moving down the card to the three twenty five, uh we like the chances here and is our bank out of the weekend as Lone Eagle. Sylvester so D'Souza's taking a ride for Martin Mead. He he won a class four race at Goodwood on his second ever start, and then he won the Cocked Hat in twenty twenty one, which is a class one listed event which is raced on the Friday of his two days two-day meeting here, and that was over a mile and one further, and he beat beer four lengths that day. But the fact that we really like is Sylvester D'Souza's taking the ride, and he's, he's only ever ridden him three times, and three times he's won on him. So the statistics of the jockey on board the horse are absolutely phenomenal. And last year, this, this horse, Lone Eagle, he run Hurricane Lane to a neck in the Irish Derby, so that's a standard that he can actually run to. He's priced up at around about 8 to 11, but we think he's well worth putting in any multiple bets that you're going to be thinking of for uh, the weekend, and he's well worth having a very big single bet on as well. As we say, he did not have bang for bets for the weekend. That's Lone Eagle in the 325.
0: OK, fine.
10: <clears throat> we're going to fly over the Irish Sea now to the Curragh, and the first one we're going to look at in there is the 210 race and we like the chances here of uh, Joe Lyons' uh, Tough Talk going to be ridden by Colin Keane for him. Now, there's five runners in this race and three of them won last time out. So it's a very high standard race and it's actually called the Marble Hill Stakes and there's always a good horse that comes out and wins this. Now, tends to lines through these two-year-olds gives Tough Talk a very slight advantage over Blackbeard. So we're going to be going with him at seven to four And uh, see how he gets on there. But i say it's a a two year old Class 1 race and the tentative lines are formed just about, say, Tough Talker won it by about three quarters of a length, but we'll have to see on the day. So that's the first one there of a 210 letter
0: car. Okay.
10: (coughs) Moving down to the 245, we like the chances here of Brad Debrief, going to be ridden by Will Buick and trained by Hugo Palmer. Now he absolutely bolted up first time out for Hugo Palmer. Now for those that aren't up with the story, Mike Lowen owns Manor House Racing Stables up in Chester, and uh, basically they sacked their trainer Tom Dascom, and Hugo Palmer's taken up the role as uh, trainer up there at Manor House now. So obviously Brad Brief got transferred from being trained by Tom Daskins to being trained by Hugo Palmer and he'd come out and he had a career best winning last time out and he, as I say he won on the snaps, he, he won by three and a bit lengths or something and uh, it looked very easy for him. He's priced up at the moment around about 4 to 1 and uh, we think he's going to be worth having an each way bet on him there and more, more to the point is we're, we're going to be backing in to win the race so uh, that's how confident we are with Brad Briefs found some new life under the new trainer there, so that's a 2.45 at the colour of Brad Debrief.
0: Black Brief.
10: Brad Debrief. Moving down to the 3.20 race, this is the Irish 2000 guineas. Uh, not a very good race for having a bat on or a tipping, but we think Native Trail, again, ridden by Will Buick, trained by Charlie Appleton, will win this very comfortably. He was second in the English equivalent, and that's his only defeat today. And I think in the English two thousand guineas, he just got caught by James Doyle going on Caribou a little bit early, and he just didn't have enough to get pulling back in and win the race. But we really think he, he, he'd be on the sons of this one to win the Irish two thousand guineas there to so that native trail. He's priced up at around about four to eleven. So, again, it's another one that's sticking the multiple bets with a few of the others that we've got, which is short prices and uh, see how we get on there. So, okay, that's fine. a 320 there. Right. Moving moving over to Haydock, the 310 race. Uh, we like the chances here of Go Bears Go. He's going to be ridden by Ross O'Ryan and trained by David Loughnane. Uh He ran second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf back in November. And he, he then come out. In April, you want to ask very, very easily in hierarchy and a horse called Erraz, who we backed last week. Now, Erraz was three and a quarter lengths behind Go Bears Go in that race. And Erraz has come out last weekend and he got beaten a photo finish by Ty the Flow. And previous week, Ty the Flow was in a photo finish with El Caballo, who is actually the favorite for this race. So, obviously, the form there says that Go Bears Go is going to beat El Caballo due to the distances between them and the horses they've run against in, in, in that lines of form through Tyber Flow. So, he's priced up at around about 5 to 2 with Betfred Fred at the moment, Go Bears Go, and we think he's well worth having a nice, nice win bet on him there.
0: Go Bears Go, righto.
10: Go Bears Go. Nice nice name. don't know who invented it, but it, it's got a good ring to it. Yeah. Anyway, moving down to the 345, a horse that we've had very good success with before, Winter Power. Uh, David Allen takes a ride for Tim Easterby. Now, this is a five furlong specialist. She she comes out the stalls and she goes like Billy-O. And she's won seven out of her 15 races to date. Uh, she won the Class 1 Group 1 Lundfork last year. And... The main thing about her is when she's fresh, she goes well. And As I say, last year she won three from six, and overall she's won seven out of 15. But she is a Class 1, Group 1 winner, and not many of these will be able to win a Class 1, Group 1, especially the standard as a number four. She is priced up at 13 to 8 with Betfair at the moment, which isn't a great price. But a couple of the others that we've suggested earlier are short-priced as well, and it may well prove very worthwhile putting them all in a multiple bet and seeing how you get on with it. We we really think that there'd be a few of these short price ones absolutely bolt in with a lot less competition than they've been running against lately. So, mm. okay. anyway, that one's in the 345 at Haydock Winter Power. OK. Now, the big each-way one of the day that we like is in the York 330, and her name is Eileen Dover, and going to be written by Shane Kelly and trained by Pam Sly. Now, the strange thing about this one its up in a Class 1 Group 3 race here is that she started her life out running in National Hump bumpers, and she won three of them very, very cosily, and then she came fourth in a big Class 1 race at the Entry the entry Festival before being switched to primarily a flat race horse. Now, last time out, she finished about five lengths behind Trushan, who's obviously one of the best stayers in the country at the moment, and the horse that finished second in that race was form Now he beat her about a length and a half or something. And next time out, form's come out and run Princess Zoe to a head and the finish at Goodwood. And the horse that finished behind him is Yuzheni, and that was four and three-quarter lengths behind Eileen Dover in that race. And that's come out one and listed race since as well. So with a price of around seven to one for Eileen Dover, Eileen Dover is going to be our each-way better for the weekend and. Uh, We'll see how she gets on in that race there.
0: So. Okay.
10: Hopefully we've got a few winners there for you. And as I say, like put them short ones in a Yankee or a Super Yankee, and uh, I'm sure you're going to get a nice return off your bookmaker who's going to be looking at you through crossed eyes and uh, putting <laughs> his hand in his pocket to pay you out. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how we get on. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh,
0: Okay, Dave, thank you very much for that, mate. That's great. And, um, yeah, we'll see how we get on, mate, and we'll speak to you next week, Okay.
10: Will do. Thank you very much. Thank
0: thank you. Cheers for now. Well, that was Dave Wilson, and it brings us to the end of another racing show. So thank you ever so much for joining us. Join us again next week at the same time, and hopefully we'll have a few more winners for you. And, uh, obviously, we've got the Derby moving up fairly close, and I expect we'll be putting a lot of uh, emphasis on what's going to win the Derby and the Oaks. So please join us then. In the meantime, this is AD Hopper saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye for now. (laughs)